Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Matthew 13 from verse 24 to 32. Matthew 13 from verse 24 to 32. Welcome to Super Special. This is going to be a life altering teaching. And I want to just announce on the 20, what? 29th and 30th we're going to be having an online faith seminar um, yeah. believe me it's going to help you okay I'll talk more about that before the service is over Matthew 13 24 to 32 I'd like for you to be present both intellectually, spiritually, everywhere. <laughs> because a tsunami is going to hit you today. A tsunami of the favor of God. As I described in our morning service, in our morning prayer session, um, what God does with every moment of teaching is to remove unbelief. Turn to your neighbor say, God is taking away unbelief. Say it again, God is taking away unbelief. You see, so um, the picture that came to my mind is, oh, how many of you, well, I, I feel so sorry for those whose cars have had, you know, issues in this season. I feel so sorry for them. You know, anyway. But... The, the mechanics right now, someone was telling me that they will have to drain out all the fluid in the engine and then, you know, almost like washing, something like that. So that, that process of draining out the fluid, right, is what happens when we listen to God's word. The unbelief is draining out. Because there's nothing that God has said that you are, that you, will, that you have not already become at seed level, at birth. You became. So what is the thing you became? So what is the thing so tears amongst the wheat and went his way? But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tears also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou? Didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then has it tears? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest whilst you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reaper, 
gather to ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them but gather the wheat into my barn another parable put he forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his which indeed is the least of all seeds but when it is grown it is the greatest amongst herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof hallelujah spirit of living god we thank you for your presence Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. We are receiving your word with our hearts open. Amen. And we would never be the same again. Amen. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. On the way to your seats, give someone a high five and welcome them to church. You may be seated. God bless you. All right. So, this morning, I want you to do me a favor. Start by, if you're taking notes, put your name there. So, put your name, whatever your name is, put it right there on top. Alright? And right, right underneath is creative. So, put that, your name, I am creative. I don't know if I can show it to you. So, you put your name, then probably if you can put an arrow, okay? Like, you know this arrow that, like this, like, you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Then you put there, is creative. Then you put another arrow, and you put copy and paste. You get it, Okay? copy and paste then you put another arrow and write there this seed okay I'd have done a diagram for you but it's very it's pretty much very easy have we done that awesome awesome all right so today we are furthering the conversation of the tribal series and it's really been a very very rich series for me it's actually been a blessing for me i don't know if it has been for you but it has been a blessing to me and what have we been talking about we've been introducing you to your your creative genius we've been introducing you to who you are we've been introducing you to the concept of business from god's perspective Work, business, career, all of that from God's perspective, not from the environment's perspective. And I was very particularly blessed even by the the reports that I received on Wednesday where we talked about wear skin. And that's actually the title of my new book, Wear Skin. And it is that, yeah, amen, that's a good place to clap, thank you. It is that at some point, success will cease to be a portrait to you but will now be an affirmation 
In other words, you move from just pictures. How many of you ever did your, your wall, your dream wall? How many of you have ever had a dream wall where the countries you want to travel, alright? If you listen to all of those people, they tell you, do a dream wall, okay? So that's because there is a picture, alright, that success paints, alright? But many times, many people live with that picture for the rest of their lives. And that picture never becomes, I am that. It is, ah, this is what I want to be. In fact, people see success in people, but they never say, that's me. And until the conversation moves from portraits to affirmation, you've not really started. No matter how small, your, your success may not look like that guy's success, but at some point, at whatever level, you have to start to say, that is me. This is me. You see? So, we talked about you putting on the skin, wearing the skin of success. Say this after me. Success looks good on me. Alright? And today, and of course, listen, let me tell you. You really need to listen to those. Look, if you do anything to exchange money, I mean, I'm not saying robbery. <laughs> I'm not saying steal. But if you do anything legitimate for money, this series is for you. Okay? So if, if I were you, because your business and your career is such an integral part of your life, it's important to have the right perspective about it. Isn't it? Very important. Alright? So you don't waste your time doing the wrong things. Now, in this series, um, it's called Super Species. Super species. It is the creative genius and enterprise in you. The creative genius and enterprise in you. I'm going to ask for a scripture. I didn't give you Ecclesiastes chapter number 9 and verse 9. Um, I want to read it from the King James. And you can give me the HTSB. We want to start from there. The Spirit of God said to start from there. And that's what I'm going to do. Now, if you sit in this service and you have the idea. How many of you have ever said, maybe someone you know or someone popular or someone, you know, notorious or someone that you know passes on and you say to yourself, there's nothing in this life. Oh, let me see your hands up. This life is just a pot of beans. There's nothing in this life. There's nothing, you know, in this life. There's something in this life. There is. Oh, life is vanity upon vanity. Listen, if you have that mindset and you're sitting in this place, there's going to be a shift today. Life is vanity upon vanity. Life is, there's nothing in this life. We're just here, you know, eh, it's not true. There is something in this life. There's something in this life. The problem with those people is that they have not made, they've not been able to line up. The reason why their life exists with God's plan. And once you are not able to line up the reason why your life exists with God's plan, life is forever going to be vanity upon vanity. So, you know, people come to church and they, they open their Bibles to read and they say things like, you know, everything in the Bible is speaking to me. No, not everything in the Bible is for you. 
Not everything in the Bible is speaking to you. There are some things in the Bible that you ought to learn from, but not that they are speaking to you. And you'll get where I'm going in a moment. So, how many of you have heard the conversation, life is vanity upon vanity? Let me see your hands up. How many of you believe that life... No, be honest, be honest. Something is about to break. So, how many of you before today believe that life is vanity upon vanity? There's nothing in this life. Let me see your hands up. Yeah, be honest. Great guy. I like this guy. Let's give him a big hand. Okay? Now, if you buy into that narrative, you're not going to appreciate... Because what, I'm, what I am going to share with you today is your deliverance. Now, here's the thing. The guy that said that life is vanity upon vanity also said this. Let's read it together. So that you now agree. Whether you now, you will tell me for yourself if life is truly vanity upon vanity. I want to start from here. It says, live joyfully with the wife whom you lovest all the days of the, of the life of thine vanity, which he, the he here is God, which he has given you under the sun all the days of your life. Give me the HCSB. I want to show you something. And then I'll read it from the NLT. The NLT makes it very interesting. I didn't ask you for it, but don't worry. It says, enjoy life with the wife you love. All the days of the, this word fleeting life here, the NLT calls it meaningless life. All the days of your meaningless life. Let's continue. Which has been given to you under the sun by who? By God. Right? Who gave you life? Church, who gave you life? Okay, so (laughs) you got some of you are afraid to put God there. That's what Solomon is saying. He says, which has been given to you under the sun all the days of your all your meaningless days, for that is your portion in life and in your struggle under the sun. Let me read it from the NLT. How many of you have an NLT there? Open your NLT and read it. Somebody should just read it for me. I, I, I want to start on this note. Read from NLT. Yeah, read. Live happily with the wife you love mm-hmm. through all the meaningless days of life mm-hmm. that God has given you under the sun. Ah. The wife God gives you is your reward for your earthly cause. Can you see that? So it says, live happily with your wife. All your meaningless days on it. So let me ask you, does God give meaningless things? Hey church, talk to me. Does God give meaningless things? Does God give meaningless life? You see, so... What people do not realize is that the man who said this was a lost man. The whole of Ecclesiastes was actually written as the cry of a lost man. So when he arrived at life is vanity upon vanity and vexation of spirit, it was a conversation of a lost broken man. It was a conversation of a man that came to God, received gifts from God, then abandoned God and decided to get satisfaction from the gifts God gave him. And from trying to get satisfaction from the gifts God gave him, you end up realizing it's meaningless. It's nothing. There's nothing to it. Because God didn't give you gifts so that you can abandon him and try to get fulfillment from the gifts. He gave you gifts to use but still focus on him. So, it was when the focus shifted that if you look at the beginning of this scripture, you'll find out that the man said, there is nothing that I desired, that I wanted, that I withheld from myself. Everything I desired, I, 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 you know, I did not withhold from myself. He now ends up saying, 
But that too is vanity upon vanity and vexation of spirit. So, this man is writing to you so that you can learn not to do what he did. In other words, not to mistake the gift for the giver. He's not writing to you so that you can start to say the same thing. So that you can start to say life is vanity upon vanity and vexation of spirit. There's nothing in this life. Life is meaningless. There is something to this life. Are you hearing me? Look at me and listen very carefully. There is something to this life. The problem is that you do not realize, alright, that what is for this is for this. And what is for that is for that. In other words, the life that God has given you is for this earth. When you check out of here, you won't need it anymore. Because there's something greater. But whilst we're here, we're going to enjoy what he has given to us for the purpose for which he has given it to us. It's just like somebody saying that um, your, because your spoon, see, because your spoon cannot serve in the room, it is meaningless. No, it was created to serve in the kitchen. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, let me put it like this. Because one particular vessel, let's say, how many of you play tennis? Let's, let's try to use that. How many of you play tennis? How many of you have ever played tennis? Okay. So, because you say that, because your tennis bat cannot serve to scoop water, it is useless. No, it's a tennis bat. It was not created to scoop water. If you want to scoop water, go and get a bucket. Are you getting what I'm saying? The life that God gave you, alright, is for this earth. It is not designed to be... Ah, you are not designed to live this life in heaven. When we check out of here, when Jesus comes, or we check out, we've done what he's asked us to do here, and he was good enough. Okay. Why didn't Paul say life is meaningless and empty and vexation of spirit? Why didn't he say that? You know why? Because he had found the reason why he was here. Yes, when he was checking out, there are 40 good fights. Yeah. I've finished my course. I've run the race. And therefore there's laid up for me a crown of glory. He didn't say life is meaningless and nothing, 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 nothing. No. He said I've fought a good fight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't just see everything and just, ah, there's nothing. No. If a loved one or a brother or somebody passes on to glory, oh wow, he's gone to glory to rest. Do you understand? But I don't say, ah, this life is nothing. No. There is something to this life. Oh, did you hear me? I said there is something to this life. Tell me why Paul did not conclude what what, um, Solomon concluded. Just give me one reason. Why didn't Paul say there is nothing to this life? You know why he couldn't say that? He lived his life fulfilling God's purpose. Say this after me. There is something to life. Say it again. There is something to my life. So having established that, and I want to start the, the teaching series. You see, because this is the way Satan robs many people. So they become docile. They become, well, after all, we are not going away from this earth with anything. We are not taking anything. You are not designed to take anything. Oh boy, these guys are looking at me. You, if you put sleep well, you are not designed to take anything. You understand? You are not designed. You know why? 
How can you be trying to take a car out of the earth when you're going to be riding streets of gold? Whatever God has given you to do is for this place. For here, you use it here. When, in fact, when you're checking out, they're like, ah, oh, this thing. I did what I needed to do with you. I'm done. We're out on something else. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So this teaching is good. I had to break down that construct first. Because people are saying, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, we should not do anything. There's nothing in this life. Oh. After all these things we are struggling for, all these things we are struggling for, we will leave it and go. And you are designed to leave it and go. Oh boy. Jesus. Okay. You get the conversation in one second. So, that brings us to the teaching series, Super Species. Let's start with Genesis chapter number one. The book of Genesis chapter number one and verse two. Genesis chapter number one. And verse 2. The Bible says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved over the waters. Then God began to create. Then He began to create. Then He began to create. Then He continued to create. Then He continued to create. Until, and for everything that He created, he saw that he was good, right? And then he continued to create until he got to man. And when he finished creating man, the Bible says that God rested. God did not rest. Please follow me. God did not rest because all that needed to be done on earth had been done. God rested because he has finally created his power to that is going to further the creativity process. Mm, mm, mm. By the time God was resting, we didn't have airplanes. But somebody needed to create that. So God's power too for the furtherance of creation had been made. And who was that? The man. When you hear the conversation, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. Alright? Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. The first thing that should come to your mind, and I'm teaching now, you can begin to put my slides on, on, the, on the screen. When God said image and likeness, the idea is that a creative God created a creative man. Image and likeness. A creative God put together a creative man. Now, what this means is that how many of you realize that man is the only species that God... How many of you know that angels cannot create anything? Let me see your hands up. Do you know that? Angels can't create anything. Let me put... Let me shock you. Satan... Does not create anything. Okay. Satan has no creativity. In other words, Satan cannot bring out something, okay, from, from nothing. In fact, when you look at scripture, where Satan is being described, the Bible says that all the issues, how many of you know that Satan had instruments in him? 
All the instruments in him were made and given to him. He never made anyone. Man is the only species, alright, that can create like God. Man is the only species that can create on God's level. That image and likeness is actually to produce, to create, to be creative. So, when God rested from all his work, follow me because this is very important. When God rested, he didn't rest because everything that needed to be created in the whole universe had been created. He rested because the part that included him was done. Now, man is going to further the conversation, alright, from a place of rest. In other words, all that God created hitherto was so that man can continue to create. Let me give you an example. If I have an assignment for you, okay, if I'm a good boss and I have an assignment for you, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ensure that the space is conducive enough so that when you come in, you can do your work. If I'm a good boss. If I'm not a good boss, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it tough for you. So all of God's creativity was to make the space conducive so that man will come on the scene and create. Give the Lord a shout on that. Did we successfully sink this in? Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God had beforehand ordained that we should walk in them. You know, many times when people see we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, they mistake that to be, so that we can be doing good to people. No. That good works there, that word good works there is ergon in the Greek. It is so that you can produce products. Hey, why are you quiet? The, this, this good work here is not the good work of doing good to people. There is a place for that. This good work here is to produce products and templates. Products, creativity. Things that come out of you. Because you are an extension of God's creativity. You know I told you last week. That there are some some things that if people don't see. You know. Okay let me show you another scripture. Matthew 5 and verse 16. Matthew 5 and verse 16. Look at it what, what it says. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your words. The same, the same language is used. Good works. It's not to be doing good things, not charitable. No, it is products. It is services. It is your good works. So it's actually the product. In fact, when Jesus was leaving, you know what he said? He said, occupy till I come. How many of you remember? 
He said, occupy till I come. How many of you have actually ever gone to look at what that means? What Jesus said was, do business until I come. Don't look at it. I told you already, because if you're listening to this, you're going to be thinking commercialization. You're going to be thinking buying and selling. You're going to be thinking that, ah, we have to hustle. No. What we are saying is that every single one of you seated here has an extension of God inside you, a creative side, a creative genius, something that scripture says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it come into the heart of man. If you look at that scripture well, it wasn't talking about what God is going to do to you. In other words, what God is going to do for me, eyes have not seen. No, go and study it very well. He was saying what is going to come out through you, eyes have not seen. Why have they not seen? Because you've not done it. They've not seen it because you have not done it. Until you do it, they won't see it. So the Bible says, let your light so shine, alright, that they may see your good work and glorify the Father which is in heaven. In other words, let your light so shine, the people see your productivity, they see your creativity, and they say, wow, thank you Lord for sending Kenna to us. Thank you Lord for sending Adana to us. Thank you Lord for sending Bosse to us. You understand what I'm saying? So you are an extension of God's creative genius. You are the only species that is granted the license to create. You are the only... Angels cannot create a single thing. Satan cannot create a single thing. That brings meaning to... I saw the hair created in the water kingdom. The underwater, underwater kingdom. When I went to hell, I saw people... In hell because they were hair created from the underwater kingdom. Madness. Craziness gone on rampage. Do you understand? If you give Satan 50,000 opportunities to be creative, he can't do one. Doesn't create anything. Has never created anything before. You know what he does? Superimposes his presence on things and owns them as though it is his own. He never created anything. You give him too much credit. Mm, you give him too much credit. Actually, let me even further this conversation to say that there's, there's no kingdom of light and darkness. People think, people think there's kingdom of light and there's kingdom of darkness. Go and read your Bible. There's only one kingdom. And there's only one king. There's a king of light. The reason why there, there seems to be a kingdom of darkness is simply the place where light has not gotten to. You magnify this guy too much. Why does it look like there is darkness somewhere? It's because light has not gotten there. Take light there, darkness will disappear. There's only one king. There's only one kingdom. His name is Jesus. I said there's only one king. There's only one kingdom. You know, many times people have been crippled by the idea of Satan that they thought. They think he's powerful. He's not. They think he's everything. He's not. There's only one king. That's your father. Yes, sir. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you. I said there's only one king. And that's your daddy. Amen. You understand? All other ones are counterfeit. They are a figment of people's imagination. There's only one king and he's your daddy. Yes, sir. Who's your daddy? The king of kings. The lord of lords. Amen. Hallelujah. Kings produce kings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So angels can't create anything. 
And you've got to understand that. So there's no underwater hair. There's no underwater makeup. There's no underwater, um, underwater you know, perfume. I remember growing up, you know, my dad would not use perfume to say he would never use a perfume. He would never even touch one. Then I remember today, if you give him a perfume, he's carrying it everywhere in his car. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Satan does not create. He has no creative ability. Why are you called the super species? Because you are the one granted the license to create. So when scripture says, eyes have not seen, it is that if you don't do it, they will see it. In other words, alright, let your light so shine that they may see your good work created in Christ Jesus unto good works. He's talking about the extension of God's creativity. You know, the Bible says the whole of creation is waiting earnestly, right, for the manifestations of what? The sons of God. In other words, the whole of creation is waiting for you to create. Now, I'm not talking about the commercialization of buying and selling. I'm talking about the fact that there is an enterprise inside of you that has to come out. It might be whatever, but it has to come out for this world to see that extent or that level of creativity. In other words, hear this, hear this. How many of you enjoy redemption? How many of you love redemption? Let me see your hands up. There is an, listen, oh, and this is powerful. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. There is, there is an aspect of redemption that this world will not see until they come in contact with your products. <laughs> there is an aspect of redemption that this world will not experience until they come in contact with your services. So, in other words, listen to this. I told you all two weeks or three weeks ago, you're not just a businessman trying to hustle or a career person trying to hustle. You are God's emissary into the earth space. I will do business with you, co-laborers with God. This gives a new meaning to the entire conversation. I'm on an assignment. Someone is sponsoring me. So we don't fail in business. Listen. You see, the reason why many people struggle, I want to say this. I'm not saying that if you line up, you won't, there, will, there won't be challenges. What I'm saying is that the reason why many people struggle in business and struggle to do career and all of that is because the, this first Line up. This cuts before the horse. Right? Horse before the cut. The horse needs to come before the cut. If it does not align, you'll be struggling. So do we get that now? Say this with me. I'm an extension of God's creativity. Say it again. I'm an extension of God's creativity. No, I want you to say it like you mean it. I'm an extension of God's creativity. So the Bible says that we are God's masterpiece created for good works. God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works does not mean good deeds. (laughs) It doesn't mean random acts of kindness. 
Put that picture that I sent to you on the screen. Ergon. Let's see that. Look at this. When it says the word good works is translated ergon. And look at what it means. Work. Your work. Work. Task. Task. Employment. Do you see employment? Good. Employment. A deed. Action. That which is wrought or made. A work. Listen. God in Christ Jesus created a masterpiece. You. You are God's workmanship. When you hear God's workmanship, it doesn't mean God's workshop. No. It is God's workmanship. In other words, you are the masterpiece of God's creation. Another scripture in the book of Psalms talks about you as God's high praise. In other words, you are God's highest work. If they want to know what Leonardo da Vinci's highest work is, they start to look at from when he said creating. Let me give you an example. If they want to know what Mercedes' highest work is, let's assume that the best product that Mercedes has done is 2021. Alright? But they start to look from when he started. Then they say, this is the best work that Mercedes has done. When they want to look at what God accomplished, alright? They start from creation, Adam. Then they come to incarnation, Jesus. Then they come to redemption, you. Then they come to, then they come to redemption or the new creation, and that's who you are. That's where you show up. You've been in the conversation all this while, but now physically you show up in Christ Jesus as God's high praise. The best work that He produced. And He produced this masterpiece so that this masterpiece can produce another masterpiece. Oh. You were created as a demonstration of God's work so that you can extend God's work. Mm. Wow. I told you last week, and that's why you have to listen to the entire series. I told you last week that there are places that your product enters and that is a sign that God's presence is there. Okay, okay. If God, there are sometimes that if, when God wants to visit a home, He sends your water. He sends your bottle water. And your bottle water in that home. I told you all this last week, right? I'm not going back into that. Your bottle water in that home is a sign of God's presence there. You know why? Because you are anointed, you are sanctified, you are called out, you are redeemed. And everything that you do is an extension of your work. I told you all last week that the tailor does not need to be crying, Oh God, make me a healing evangelist. Oh God, make me a healing evangelist. The tailor just needs to put her best work into her material. And the last time I checked, handkerchief healed the sick. Yes, sir. Send your, your tailoring work into that house and see what's going to happen. Listen, and if that's not where you're operating, that's why God is opening your eyes. It's not that we are just buying and selling. <laughs> Madam, there are hidden qualities in this product that I can't explain to you. Because if I start to explain to you now, you won't understand. But try, go and try it and use. There are hidden qualities in this product. Yes, this product takes away stroke. Mm. I'm not only a shoemaker. <laughs> I will heal the sick. As you put on my shoe, your leg will be well. Hi. Yes, sir. The reason why you're looking at yourself as small is because you've not accepted this responsibility. You think God is not smart to put all of you like this, all of you, and send you into the earth. God is, God is one of the 
one of the most serious spies that you can imagine. Of. You don't understand? When God wanted to send Jesus into the earth, He didn't send him as full blown, full blown man. You know, He covered him as a seed. Not that He was afraid. It's just because, look, I don't want these people to try to twat what I'm trying to do. Are you being blessed here? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In other words, there is an extension of God's ability that if you don't begin to engage this creative genius, you're going to miss out on. Can we move on? Are you being blessed? So say this with me, I am God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Say it again, I'm God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So did you get the part where I said that God's creativity, alright, produced you so that you can be an extension of the creative process? Did you get that? That's very important. Now, I told you to write something down. And that's the next phase that we're going into. So now for this creativity to take place, alright, there is something called the copy and paste idea. The copy and paste idea is what we're going to be looking at in a few moments. But please write this down or take note of this. Abba did not finish all that he wanted to do in creation. He finished all that he needed to be done to put man here. Because everything else that will be done, will be done through the man from a place of rest. Now, it takes us to the next conversation of how these things work. How many of you remember the scripture that says, See to it that you build this temple according to the specification that was given to you in heaven. How many of you see that? Okay. So, that is found in scripture where God was speaking to Moses. And even when God was speaking to Solomon, he says, See to it that you build this according to the specification that was given to you in heaven. Now, here's how it works. So, God wants to extend his creativity through you. And the idea is that earth should mirror what is found in heaven. Follow this conversation very carefully. The idea is that earth will mirror what is found in heaven. So, if it is going to exist on earth, it means that somebody will have to go and see the templates in heaven, copy it, and come and bring it to earth. I'll show you a few things to buttress that point. Remember where we went to Genesis 1 and verse 2. Put that on the screen, please. Genesis, this is going to say this with me. This is going to bless me so much. Alright, so put Genesis 1 and verse 2 on the screen. The Bible says, And the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What do you think the Spirit of God was doing upon the face of the waters? You'll get it in a second. What was He doing exactly? You know what He was doing? 
the Spirit of God was carrying seed from heaven. Seeds and copies of what God wants to do and putting it in different and scattering that seed. Let me explain. When God wants to further his creative process, he takes the copies of what he wants to do. Alright? And puts it in seed form. Somebody say seed form. And that seed he implants in you. Seed here has nothing to do with um, seed as per show your seed. Seed here has to do with the way God brings his copies from heaven into earth. You get it in another moment. So when God wanted to get the trees going, alright, remember that God did not say, every time I want to create a new apple tree, I have to create it afresh. No. You know what he did? He created the first tree, okay, and then the tree has fruits, and then those fruits have seeds, and that seed, listen, I'm going somewhere with this, you'll be so blessed. That seed, you despise it at your own period. Because the seed is small, it looks insignificant, but that is the place, or that is the way that God furthers the creativity process. So now, the Spirit of God moves over the waters, and then the Bible says, and God began to create. God said, let there be light, and there was God said, let there be this, and there was. But I want to take you to verse 21. Let's go to verse 21. Genesis 1, 21. Look at this. And God created whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. Every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Wait. How did God create the whales? Did he form... You know, man was formed out of the dust. How did the whale... How was the whale formed? Out of the water? The whale was molded out of the water? No. Or God went to live inside the water and then formed the whale from there? No. Then you now understand and the spirit moved upon the surface of the waters. Putting the seed of that, the prototype of what God wants to create, planted it there. Yeah. Then something jumps out and God said, that's a way. Wow. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. God didn't have to leave heaven and then come into the earth and go into the water to form the whale. No. God put the seed for the whale in the waters and as the creation was going on, whatever showed up out of that water comes to take his identity from God. And takes on the shape of what God has called it. You seem lost. But what I'm saying to you is that that's how this creativity goes on. God first starts with planting a seed of what he wants to see on earth. In your heart. Okay? Or in the earth. And then it is with that seed that the creation process takes place. How many of you remember the seed of the woman? shall bruise his head but he shall alright how many of you remember that scripture the seed of the woman when God wanted to bring redemption into the world 
the Bible says that he took Jesus, wrapped him up, and provided him to us as a seed. I'm going somewhere with this. So every time that God wants to do something on earth, he takes the prototype of that thing that already exists, put it in seed form, and then throws it on earth. If God wants to cause something to happen in the earth, he takes what he wants to do, puts it in seed form, and throws it on the earth. So you are supposed to see that seed, alright, and then take that seed and begin to walk with the seed to see what God already wanted to do. I'm going somewhere. Now, first of all, how many of you remember that God said to Moses, see to it that you... You do this according to what you saw in heaven. Number one. How many of you remember when Solomon said this? He said that there is nothing new under the sun. When Solomon said there is nothing new under the sun, I'm sure some of you in this service will say, Solomon, what do you mean there's something new under the sun? Have you seen my iPhone? (laughs) Have you seen my iPhone? Have you seen my G class? Have you seen my Brabus? That's something new under the sun. So how can you say there's nothing new under the sun? Um, have you seen the latest Gulf Stream? That's certainly under the sun. There are new things under the sun. And Solomon says there is nothing new under the sun. And then you say, no, 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 Solomon, did you see my latest outfit? There is nothing new under the sun. You know why? What Solomon is saying is that he has demarcated this world into two, above the sun and under the sun. In other words, that there is nothing new under the sun because copies of it already exist in heaven. So somebody goes there, takes it, brings it down, is under the sun, under the sun, there is nothing new. You know why? Because all the new things that you think is new already exist somewhere else. This brings us to the conversation that Daniel had. The Bible says of Daniel that it was said that Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. An excellent spirit? Yes. So it gives us a new definition of excellence. Don't worry, you get this, putting everything together. It gives us a new definition of excellence. That excellence is not the ability to combine colors. And excellence is not opulence. And excellence is not knowing where to buy good shoes or where to buy good clothes. If you look at the conversation about Daniel's excellence, it was that Daniel knew how to bring solutions from heaven, templates from heaven, and bring it to earth. In other words, there was trouble. Daniel knew how to enter into those places and bring the copies of what needs to exist on earth. Alright? And brings it into it. Listen, Abraham was like that also. When you hear that Isaac dug a well and they strove with him, you don't understand. You know, it started with Abraham. Abraham was said to be a prince amongst men. In other words, Abraham understood how to produce water reservation for the city. It started with him. Then he continued to his generation. So when he got to Um, what's his name, Isaac, you know, Isaac just followed the trend of what he had seen. 
I'm going somewhere. She's getting that. Then we come to Joseph. And Joseph begins to tell the king that we will need to have a reservoir where we're going to begin to um, store away things. Alright, because the rainy day is coming. He is something that's seen in his lineage. We know how to take copies of what exists in heaven to bring into earth a solution for what earth is going through. Daniel did it. In other words, all of the creativity that you're going to exhibit in your life, all of the products, all of the services, all of the things that you're going to do, copies of these things exist already in heaven. This gives us a new meaning to prayer. Prayer is not something that I do so that when my pastor asks me, did you pray today? I won't have to lie. Prayer is not something that I do so that I don't backslide. Prayer is not something that I do so that I can remain relevant in the Christian community. You know what prayer is? Prayer is how we seek copies from heaven that we can give to earth. What's prayer? How we seek copies from heaven that we can bring on earth. So, first you have seen that you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. These good works, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, it has not come into the heart of man. Alright? But now, the way it starts and the way it comes into the earth space is that someone would see copies of what exists in heaven, alright, and then reproduce it on earth. In other words, there are solutions that this world needs that only exist in you. And they exist in you as seed form. The reason why you're not appreciating all of it right now is because it has come as seed form. If somebody saw Jesus when he was born, and then they told them that he was going to be the savior of the world, would they have believed? No. Say this with me, God hides great things in seed form. Say it again, God hides great things in seed form. So now, listen to me. That thing that you are calling an idea is actually a seed, prototype from heaven, planted in your heart, that must exist on the earth. You know, when you call it an idea... An idea means that you don't really take responsibility for it. It's just an idea. It just came. But if you change that conversation and call it a seed, then it changes the... A seed is something that I must plant, that must germinate. Because if it's going to exist, then it has to come from me. So right now, many of you are sitting with prototypes from heaven for things in culture, in industry, in business... In info, info technology, you have templates from heaven sitting inside your heart. You've called it an idea, God calls it a seed. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. I don't think you understand yet, and you'll get it in a moment that when God wants to do anything, it comes out in seed form, prototype from heaven into your heart that has to be reproduced on earth.
Say this, I have seeds in me. Say it again, I have seeds in me. Hey, how many of you have seeds for fashion? Seeds for entertainment? Seeds for business? Seeds? Seeds? It comes in seed form. So you agree with me, number one, that you are an extension of God's creativity, right? You agree with me that the creative process did not finish. It was only continued further in you. Now, the way that God extends the creative process is through the conversation called the seed. The seed. The seed contains prototypes of what God wants to accomplish wrapped up in that conversation and dumped in your heart. The seed is how things advance. That things don't exist on earth or in your space is because some people are not doing their work properly. When you pray, you're meant to see prototypes of things that should exist. So stop praying because you're a Christian. And start praying because you're an ambassador. Stop praying because you're a Christian. And start praying because there is something to produce that if it doesn't exist, the world won't know about God. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen. Woo, give the Lord a shout of praise for one moment. Amen. Now this brings us to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, put it on the screen from verse 23. So the Bible says that another parable put he forth unto them, saying, look at this, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seeds in his field. Stop. Have you understood that the seed is the way God furthers the creative process? So you as a person, for example, you believe that there are things that God wants to do through you. And then you start to pray. Alright? You begin to pray. You begin to pray and all of that. Then God begins to download copies of what already exists in heaven into your heart in seed form. In other words, if you don't do anything about it, people are not going to see that it exists. So you've got to do something about it. Listen, how many of you right now are carrying seeds of things in your heart that you called an idea, but it's actually a seed. Things of, seeds of things that should exist in maybe culture or things. She, she shared something with me yesterday about something that she wants to do with teenagers. Okay, so that's a seed. That's not an idea. It's a seed. See, okay. When you see a seed, listen, when you call it an idea, you're not fully taking responsibility for it. An idea where whatever will be, will be. Whatever will be, will be. But imagine that you have an orange seed. And you want to keep eating orange. Then it dawns on you. It is my responsibility to take this seed that I have in my heart. 
and go and plant it. If it is not planted, I will not eat orange again for the rest of my life. Then suddenly a responsibility dawns on you. That that seed has in itself prototypes of a full orange tree wrapped up in it. That until it is planted, people will never see a tree. You know what some people will do to that seed? Look at, look at this. Seed. You know what they'll do to it? They'll throw it away. Or they would mismanage it. Now let me, let me give you an idea again. Because I'm just bouncing ideas to you. Now we understand that if what you're looking for is money to start tech companies or money to, you know, go into that field. Listen. God will not give you the money, the billion. Everything exists in a seed. In other words, the seed for that stuff. Oh boy, let me put it like this. A lady is absolutely useless until something is introduced to fertilize the process. The seed of that thing exists in your heart. And God says, I've answered you. Mm. <laughs> I've answered. Lord, Lord, we want to take over the tech industry. Then in response, because that's how God operates. Even when Jesus was coming, he came as a seed. So shut up. Mm. In response, God doesn't give you a truck. God, God doesn't give you a bullion van of resources coming to rack up in your... You're not, you're not somebody that we know in Babylon. Do you understand what I'm saying? What God does is that now you realize... That first, what God does to answer that strong prayer that you're praying, is that it gives you a seed. It comes as a spark. You call it a eureka moment. You call it an idea. No, heaven calls it a seed. Yes, sir. And you know what a seed represents? A seed is a promissory note from heaven. That so long as this seed exists, you're going to find what it was sent to do. Ah, okay. Have you received a seed for the tech industry? So long as your heart is able to receive the seed, it is God's promissory note to you that the tree is going to exist. So let's go to Matthew 13. And let me show you a few things. Matthew 13 says... That another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Next verse. And while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Stop for a minute. While men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares. So we must not sleep. If we sleep, the enemy can come in the middle of the night. And so tears. So you must be awake. Who is stronger now? Is it you or the enemy? Who is stronger now? You have to be awake. Everybody be alert. Be alert. Be alert. We don't know when the enemy is going to come and so tears. We have to be watchful. We have to be... The actual idea is not really the sleep. Okay? It is something that I'm going to show you now. The problem is not the sleep. Because another scripture says he gives his beloved words. Answer now. <laughs> He gives his beloved words. So the idea is not that you shouldn't sleep. 
Or let's be awake. We have to be watchful. We have to be watchful. You know, we don't know when the enemy... If you, are, if you, if you become like that, really, I believe that the enemy owns you. Because now, he's so powerful to keep you awake, you don't even know. You're now anxious. This anticipation of evil. Every time we're anticipating that what if evil comes now? What if evil comes now? And now the, the Christian moves from being powerful to being suspicious. The last time we checked, you can actually cast him out and he will obey you. So the conversation is not talking about that you should not sleep. Because, listen, okay, so what happens if you slept and then he came and sold tears and then you come back to him and say, pick up these things that you, you have the authority to do yes, that. Sir. Okay, let me give you another example. Manchi, Jesus was sleeping, then the storm arose. Did Jesus say, why can I sleep? How is it that I'm sleeping? And this enemy came to make the storm to rise. What manner of nonsense is this? You know what Jesus did? He woke up from his sleep, calmed the storm, went back to sleep. Yes, sir. It's entering. It's entering. I'm going somewhere. Sleep is not the problem in this scripture. Put it on the screen. You know why? You're not trying to not sleep. Because if the enemy comes and so tears while you are sleeping, you can wake up and cast him out. This is actually a conversation of what happens when a seed is given to the believer. A seed for tech, a seed for whatever. It's, first of all, pro- listen, seeds are prototypes of what exists in heaven that must exist on earth. Remember when Jesus was teaching us to pray? He said at some point, he says, your will be done, what? Done on earth as it is in heaven. Who are the agents of that will being done on earth? You. Some of you are complaining. I'll go back to this. Some of you are complaining that the medical system is tough and the medical system is not working. Well, seeds might be planted in your heart, all right, to start a hospital where things actually work. And then that becomes a template and a prototype for what will now be adopted in the nation. Someone came to me during the week. I'm going somewhere with this. And you will get this as I begin to teach this. He came to me during the week and said to me that I walk on vessels. I walk on these big vessels all over. And the problem with my work is that the guys who are captains of the ship, 99% of them are gay. And they've been making advances to me, you know, Theodisa, I want to resign. I will show you something from here now. And I'm also talking to all of you whose friends are only Christians. I'll show you something from here now. Just follow me. You agree that you are an extension of God's productivity, isn't it? Yes, sir. You agree that you bear seeds, Abby? Awesome. Now follow me. Because some of you, eh, you want to do your business or your industry in heaven. Huh? You, want to, you want to do it in heaven. Where there are no, no, <laughs> no opposition. In heaven. Nothing is opposing it. Seed is to be sown on earth. <laughs> and why you sow it on earth? You will sleep, sir. Because it's not, it's not sleep that he's talking about here. You know what this scripture is talking about? 
Jesus is saying, alright, because it says the kingdom of heaven is lacking unto a man. So Jesus is actually pointing you. Listen! Jesus is pointing you to the kind of leader that you have to be to be able to bring this seed to fruition. He's talking about your leadership qualities. He's not talking about anything else. He's talking about the person. So can we go now? How many of you are intrigued to just see what's there? Uh, let's go. <laughs> He says, but one man slept. His enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. Next verse. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tears also. What was sown also came. Remember, it's a field. Somebody say a field. That field in this sense can be your industry. That field in this sense can be that particular line of place where you work. The field. Then wild men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares. And then the tares began to grow. But look at the mindset of the owner of the field. Next verse. Next verse. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not you plant good seed in your field? From whence then have its tares? So the, you, your seed is good seed. But they are contending tears. Next verse. He said unto them, An enemy has done this. And he took, and he continued. If it was you in your generation, an enemy has done this. Oh Lord, bind the enemy. Bind the enemy. Lose him. Lose him. Enemy, get out. He just continued. Because the solution is here. Let's see it. Then the servant said unto him, Will you, thou, will thou that we go and gather them up? In other words, let's uproot them. Next verse. But he said, Nay, lest while we gather up the tares, we also uproot the wheat also. Stop. God is saying that in this field where you operate, there are good people and there are bad people. And it was designed to be that way. You know the reason why he said, don't uproot the tears, I'll explain. The reason why is this. Tears are identical to wheat. Identical. They look the same. They look exactly the same, wheat and tears. So see what Jesus used to separate the two. Harvest time. Next verse. Next verse. Look at this. He says, let both grow together until the harvest stop. So the, the difference between wheat and tares is harvest time. Let me explain. So in the harvest, the wheat, after it grows for a while, it bends under the weight of the productivity. That is, it has produced fruit. So after it grows for a while, it now takes the shape of the fruit it has carried. It bends. The tears just keep growing. You understand? There's no, there's no hindrance. There's no, they just keep growing. They just keep growing like that. So, Jesus is saying, how do we know not to approach the weeds or mistakenly remove something that is productive? How do we know? He says, wait until it's time for harvest. The good seed will naturally have fruits. It will bend under the weight of the, of the fruit that he has carried. 
The tears is like that. So now we know. We know what to remove. When you come and you see harvest time. When you come and you see two plants. They look alike. They look like, oh boy, thank you dear Lord Jesus. This is blessing you out of your socks. They look the same. They look identical. The way you will know is that one has taken the shape of its productivity and it has bent. The other one has nothing to offer. It's still straight. So when you just come, you're not looking for which one is productive, which one is not. You just uproot the unproductive one and you move on. If you don't do it like that and you uproot it before the time when the two are productive, you uproot the wheat. You know what Jesus is saying? There are many of you who have gone into spaces that are contested and contended. But you have forgotten the one who sent you. For example, some of you work in civil service, for example. And then you don't even realize the essence, the reason why you work there. So for you, the next time you, you go into your office and you see your boss coming out from a room which is back. And then all of a sudden you see his waist and you see Juju, you say, I'm resigning. <laughs> what? So, I'm in the office... With you two people? How? How? I have to go. I have to go. The last time I checked, he's the one who should be checking out. I'm coming, I'm coming somewhere. So, no, 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 I can't leave. Or some of you live in a house, the landlord is into something. Or something. And you say, ah, you know, I know, I'm not living in that house anymore. Everybody that comes into the house, they start with losing their first car, then they lose their second car, then by the third year they start begging. You will see where things change. The landlord will leave his house and run. Say this with me, I'm the good seed. I'm the good seed. Oh, shout it out loud. Say, I'm the good seed. Hey, shout it again. I'm the good seed. What is the definition of the good seed? The one who has received prototypes and templates from heaven that they want to bring to earth. You remember I started with the designates. How many of you remember? In other words, you are not the, you are not the, the guy who starts business as a reflection of what everybody else is doing. Now he's POS. Look straight at me and don't look to the side or to the left. There was a time when it was sachet water. Some of you are laughing under your mask. I can see you. There was a time it was sachet water. And there was a time it was what? Huh? Okay, bread. <laughs> How many of you did um, project management courses? How many of you did NYSC? And they came to talk to you about PMP. PMP. Lift your hands. Uh-huh. It was that at some point. It was one thing or the other. But we're talking about the guy who has received templates of copies of what needs to exist on earth from heaven. In other words, you have spent time away, you have, you have stayed in the place, you have prayed, and God gives you an idea. Or God gives you a seed. Now he has to exist. So you take it to the field. And then you see all manner of things there. You see tears there. You see all of that. And then the next thing you want to do is uproot the seed and run away. Jesus said no. And he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. Jesus said no, 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 no. no. Don't touch it. Harvest is coming. 
There's a way we are going to know who is who. It's in how productive they are at harvest time. Leave it. Don't touch it. So when it comes to harvest, you will now realize, okay, that the wheat will bend under the weight of productivity. The tares will not. So now it is the tares that we are going to take out, not the wheat. Let me explain what I'm saying. So I told this guy, I said, no, you won't resign. No. Because God did not send you to do business amongst good people alone. He sent you to do career amongst stupid people too. But guess the way we are going to know that, you know, the two of you are different is in harvest time. That which you planted will produce results that is saving the world. That which the enemy planted can do nothing. Remember I told you the enemy has no creativity. Let me give you an example. Some of you think when you think about Daniel, you remember Daniel the dreamer. But for every Daniel the dreamer, you must realize that there is a corporate face to Daniel. There is a CEO to Daniel. There is a a civil servant to Daniel. Let me explain. When Daniel came into Babylon, remember, ah, this is going to bless you. Say it's going to bless me. When Daniel came into Babylon, I want you to remember that Babylon was not Israel. Deep, Abby, deep. Babylon was not Israel. Very deep. (laughs) Number one. Number two, Babylon was not serving the Most High God. Number three, Babylon was ruled by, by magicians, you know, sorcerers, you know, those were the king's PAs. <laughs> those were the king's PAs. Sorcerers, magicians. That was why when the king had a problem, he said, go and gather all my magicians and all my sorcerers and let them come and give me the answer. Listen, when Daniel came and he gave the answer, they said, you must be a magician. They didn't know God. Daniel knew he was from God. They called him a magician. They said, you must be a magician. They now said, for the spirit of the holy gods. He knew he was the spirit of the most high God. But they said, the spirit of the gods lives in you. Then the king now said, we are going to make you the head of that ministry. In other words, Daniel became the head of magician ministry. He was... (laughs) Ministry of Magician Works. You see Daniel coming out. Ministry of Magician Works and Astrology. Ministry of Divination and, you know, Enchantment. Daniel will be coming out. But it was not of them. In fact, let me tell you, just to look like them, you don't understand, you can't even have that job. Everybody has to take the... Hail, hail, hail Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody has to take the, you know, the turban, the looks, everything. You have to, you have to be, you understand? If you go to Saudi Arabia, for example, you know, and they give you a job to, to maybe become the king's spokesman or something, uh, you will wear hijab. Hey. Hey. Some people are looking at me now that POD, you've lost your faith. You will wear a jab. You will wear a jab. That's why what is going on inside you must be so deep. They didn't see what was coming. So you, you see, Joseph the dreamer, what Babylon was seeing, sorry, you, you see, Daniel the dreamer, what Babylon was seeing was Daniel the head of Magician ministry. 
and astrology and necromancers. Because what he was bringing out, they didn't have a name for it. They didn't have a context for it. So they called it what they knew. He knew he was from God. You, you have a, a church. You know, you know church, we, we like, we have pictures. The, your, your Daniel picture is a dreamer. No, he's a dream interpreter. Your Joseph picture is a dreamer. When Egypt looked at Joseph, what they saw hmm, was a prime minister, a president. They didn't see your dreamer aspect. They saw a, they saw a commercial guy. They saw a president. He was not a president for Christians. He was a president. Look at me. That's why you see. Some of you will say, politics is a dirty game. Dirty. Dirty. But guess what? Whilst you are praying, God put a seed in your heart. That's why it has to come from God. God put a seed in your heart and it started to brood. Like, possibly that this politics thing is for you. Possibly. But the reason why you will not enter the field is because dirty people are there. Don't you realize that God said to the man, leave the two, let it go. His productivity that separates them. Wow. Let the two go. Don't touch it. If it was you with your Christian church, you will remove it. God said, don't leave it. Let the two go. At the time of harvest, we will see the one that is real. Some of you are looking for you are looking for business that will take you to heaven. Where you can be practicing it among the angels. No disturbance. <laughs> Nobody is disturbing you. Nobody is bothering you. No. The seed that God has placed in your heart eh, will be planted on it. It will be planted in fields that are contested. I don't know if I'm blessing anybody today. Oh. But that's how light is going to outshine darkness. If darkness... If we allow darkness to continue to play in this space, light will never show up. And do you know what the, the king is trying to pass here? Hey, look up at me, everybody. Do you know what the king is trying to pass here? What the king is simply trying to pass here is staying power. Stay. Stickability. Grit. Stay. Perseverance. Stay. 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 Stay there. Stay in the field. Soon harvest is coming. Stay in the field. Harvest is coming. Hey, as I stay in the field, remember I told you that the, the seed has a promissory note that tells you that it's, the tree is going to arrive. But now from the time when you plant the seed and the time when the tree comes, many people are fruits. They can't stay. No staying power. No stickability. Nothing. In fact, there's that aspect. There's the other aspect of people who consider staying power to be painful. In fact, all their stay narrative is pain. Pain. I'm staying, but I'm in pain. So, if this pain doesn't end, I'm going to approach myself. These are the people who want to rejoice when they see the harvest. But they don't realize that there is rejoicing in the waiting. In other words, if you don't train yourself to rejoice in the perseverance, 
You may not get to harvest. You will put yourself before you get to harvest. Somebody say stay. Shout stay. So you stay in the field. You are sent here by God. There's a reason why you came. You persevere. There's something called greets. These people that, that is being addressed here, like I said, is a leadership conversation. The, the owner of the field is a leader. The owner of the field, the owner of the dream, the owner of that idea must be a leader. In other words, you're not uprooting things. There are people also in this place. They start a business. Hmm? And then, after two years, they uproot what they started and jump into another one. So they are forever perpetual startups. Mm. Never staying up. Mm. Stay up. When you start up, stay up. Mm. Two years, three years. Now, what are you doing now, sir? I, I, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've left this one that's taking root. You know, I've left this one. Now I'm, 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 I'm starting another startup. It's distractions. Actually, the king is saying those distractions are details. So you are perpetually, you are, you are 60, you are perpetually uprooting things and restarting and uprooting and restarting and uprooting. Stay in the field. Rejoice in the field. Dance in the field. Listen, has God given you, you see, and, and if, if, if you are in a field, you heard nothing before you entered, I'm not talking to you. You sent yourself. Say, ah, this, 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 uh, this uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's looking very good. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who know that their misery is from heaven. And who know that they are, they are men on a mission. And who have received templates from heaven of what must exist on earth. Someone tell your neighbor, stay in the field. So I told that guy, I said, don't, don't, don't resign. Don't resign. At what point are we going to stop running? Christians, at what point are we going to be leaving things for the world to handle? Manchi, at what point are we going to stop leaving things for the world to handle? Because we are Christians and we are sanctified. And we, we don't need to touch any... Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm a holy man of God. Yeah, holy man of God, you will do business amongst unholy people. And that's the way God has ordained it to be. That your light may shine in that place. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Brother, you actually think that very soon and very soon, the world will be filled with angels. Who understands your kingdom mandate? It is possible that you are the only one that understands kingdom mandate. Too. That's why they threw you into that field. Though. Because how else will the field be won if you don't go? Shall stay in the field. Say it again. Say stay in the field. Stop putting things that God is is has given to you. Rejoice whilst you're waiting. Are you being blessed? Are you sure? Look at this. 
Do you know how many people have denied the creativity process because of misunderstanding this thing? They say, ah, no, it's not for me. They say, creativity is not for me. No, you were born to create. And, my dear, you're not going to be creative amongst Christians alone. Sweetheart, this now gives new definition to your Christianity. Mm. It's not religion. It works. Mm -hmm. That's why Daniel, you you don't understand, boy, you guys don't understand. You read Daniel, you say, oh, Daniel, fantastic guy, you know. No, but Daniel was working the creativity. In other words, Daniel was exhibiting things that reflected what, what he knew he was. Look up at me. If your Christianity can heal the sick, it's time for you to start healing the sick. Not mouth. Say amen. amen. You see all those wonderful things we talk about? It works. Just make it work. Child, stay in the field. I like this silence that I'm receiving. I like this silence because it's like, hmm. Lord, well, you see, there's none of these things that the Bible says you do by power or by might. I've been trying all my life to help people, to help people come out of this studying to show that I know something. Or this praying to show that I'm a good Christian. To know there's work to be done. I have to show forth that which has been done in me. This is not Christianity for 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 show off or for for mouth no this is christianity that works so imagine that you are daniel thrown into the ministry of education and now you're about to throw in your resignation because you have a boss who does juju and you say no i can't work in this office but now you remember that you're, you're a believer, you're a light. Do you understand? It's time for those things to begin to bow to you. We talk about it in church. We get excited about it in church. We dance about it in church. Stop resigning because of it. In fact, if you want to resign, let it be that you defeated them first. You silence them first. Then you say, it's not because of you that I'm leaving. No. I think my time is up. That's why I'm going. Say amen. amen. The last time I checked, you want to change line of business because the person ahead of you goes someplace in Okija. And you've forgotten that you, you have a place. And listen, this is not power jam power. This is not power contesting with power. You are superior. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. This is not, let's see who is going to win. Let's see who is going to win. You, go and bring your, go and bring your gun. Let me go and bring my, let's see who is going to win. No, this is that. Are you normal? This is who I am. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I said, this is who I am. Listen, the days of, let's face, physical battle, let's face. That's why sometimes I laugh when I see all these clowns. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing deliverance. And I, you say your name is what? My name is... Uh, ah! Hey, I'm not going anywhere. Are you mad? 
Some people took on for themselves. I'm not going. I'm not going. And some, some people like the drama. They are, we're going to church today. Let's go and see what drama is going to happen today. I'm not going. They say, hey, that serpentine spirit in that woman. Very strong. Very strong. It took two weeks to cast it out. Very strong. And we're just watching the drama. And we're just watching the drama. Your Jesus, when he was coming, the demons cried out. He said, what have we got to do with you? You understand? And then he said, get out and go. One word. Boom. I have never liked those African movies. Now they have many. African movies. Listen. African movies where they pray and pray for breakthrough. But when the enemy comes to do havoc, instantly it's done. The person has run mad. Then now it's time to, for the deliverance. Four weeks. The pastor is still praying. The devil is a liar. Gives you that impression that there is one, there is one darkness somewhere that is so strong that light has to contain. Light has to contain. That's not the way I see it. Oh. That's not what I saw in scripture. Once light comes on now, every darkness flees. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are not ordinary. Stay. You will do business with evil people. Stay. How will you know self? Who you are? If, that, if it's not that your light is shining in the midst of darkness. Imagine Daniel pulling out of the ministry of of, of, of magicians and going to establish an isolated ministry somewhere and then telling all of Babylon to come to him. Sometimes it's easier to stay inside and manifest your real nature from within. Some of you, listen to me, some of you, in a couple of weeks and months and years from now, you will have what we call privileged information and privileged access Stop thinking of your village people. Stop. Stop. Privileged information and privileged access. It will be like it was said to Esther. Maybe you, maybe God sent you into this place for such a time as this. So that you not stop, you, you not be, just be thinking about your family. If I can just give my brother, ah, one X6, and I give my sister one X7, and I give my father, ah, my father will take. I just land in one house in Banana Island like this. He will take. While you're thinking of that, think about the fact that there are people who, if they don't see your light, they will never come out of darkness. Listen, that is a stronger drive than the fact, the last time I checked, my, I don't know about your own dad, my own dad is not waiting for me to impress him. He's impressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's already impressed. My next car is not going to impress him. He's happy. He's not the father, thank you Lord, he's not the father who, his investment in me was a down payment for what I would do to him. He's the father who understands that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Mm-hmm. And that when I rise up to do, it's not because I'm under compulsion, it's because my absence. Oh boy. 
You know what I'm saying? Access. That there are some of you here. Oh Lord. Okay, Lord, should I leave this and go into something else? See, do what needs to be done out of honor, not out of pressure. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I move on. Stay in the field. Give me that scripture again. About to close. Are you being blessed? Are there templates in your hearts that must come out? Do you understand that you're going to bring it out in the midst of evil people? Do you understand that they will not fade away for you to bring it out? Kingdom of light is in you. There is light in you. Things are coming out of you. Stop resigning because evil people are there. Listen, that's another reason why you should take who you are seriously. They take their seriously, very seriously. 2 a.m. they are up to sacrifice to their whatever. They are very serious because they know this is all I have. It's time for you, who has a superior thing, to realize blood was shed for me. It's time for you, who has a superior thing, to realize I'm not a victim. It's time. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because empowerment is taking place in this service. Empowerment is taking place. You see the world a different way. Look, you are not just a straggler. You're not just a stroller. You're not just somebody who just showed up in the world just to struggle and just stroll away and then die. And then the next thing, people, they'll come to your funeral and they'll say, there's nothing in this life. No, there's something in this life. And that something is coming out from me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not just one stroller. They, you have seeds inside you. Heaven's template. Say this with me. Heaven's template is on the inside. Some of you have seeds for, your, for the medical industry. Some of you have seeds for business. Some of you have seeds for finance, for technology, for science, for all of those things. There are seeds inside you. Stop calling it an idea. It's a seed. Shout amen, somebody. Amen. You have seeds inside you. Your heavens and mysteries into earth space to make things happen. You're not just ordinary. Those of you who want to travel to Bahamas and, you know, sit on the beach. And cross your legs and drink something kulada. I don't know what that is. <laughs> eh? Pina. Eh? Pina. Uh-huh. And drink that from morning till night. Some of you think I don't know these things. <laughs> You'll be sure. From morning till night. You will not be excited about what I'm saying. You will not be excited. Because for you, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a laziness. That has been mixed with entitlement. That has been granted to you. It's not you. It's them. They know themselves. But for some of us. Some of you sitting here. You know. That look. I have seeds inside me. For this world's good. And they must come out. Ah they must come out. Ah I say they must come out.
You know, I was talking to Pastor Fedi last week Saturday. I was talking to Pastor Fedi last week Saturday. And I said to him, if, if, if you don't come to Blueprint Church for a long time, you you miss this. I, I, I said to him, I said, there is, there is a righteous extension of our believing that this world benefits from. When the wicked is in power, the people mourn. When the righteous is in power, the people rejoice. In other words, the righteous who knows who he is and begins to live out of that place brings forth products that leads to his relevance. Mm. This scripture did not say that the field will swallow, that the tears will swallow the widow. Because some of you enter into this conversation with the mind, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change. That's the, that's the facade that people enter with to be lost in it. The Bible didn't say that the tears consume the wheat. The Bible says that the wheat stood separate from the tears. In other words, you're going into that field. Okay? No, it didn't say that the field consumed you. It didn't say that the, the tears consumed the wheat. It said that your light shone until everybody knew that you are different. Let's look at another one. Another parable, and this is the last one I'm closing. Another parable puts he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. See the seed again? Alright, next verse. Look at this. This is another reason why people give up. Which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest amongst herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches of it. Let's start the conversation again. Next, um, previous verse, 31. Another parable puts he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. Next verse. Let's read that part together. Which indeed is the least of all seeds. In other words, this seed has been received. It looks absolutely small. Do you know how many people who are despising things right now because they look so small? Absolutely small. The least of all, of all seeds. I heard of a man who went to buy a certain type of plant. You know. And he bought it. I can't remember the name. He bought it as a house plant. Now this plant grows. Let me explain. He bought it as a house plant. And when he bought it and put it in the sitting room. It looked very nice. You know. You now all those nice plants. And then, a couple of weeks later, the plant had broken the vase. They said, what's going on? They now took it. They took it outside. You know that plant that you plant right in front of, of your house? You know? <laughs> so they took it outside and planted it right in front of their house. And as the plant was growing, alright, it, it grew again and outgrew that space and started breaking things. They now took it to the front of their compound, planted it in front of the fence. And as it was growing, you know, he started pulling down the fence. 
you have underestimated the tree because it looks small. You underestimated it. So you didn't give it room to grow. When you planted it, you didn't create enough space for it to grow. Why? Because you underestimate it. You don't think it's big enough. What I'm saying is that the seed that comes into your heart may not look like the harvest that is coming. It's a small thing. But you despising it, that's where you, that's where, that's your biggest problem. Because you don't see the future that this thing is going to become a house for birds of the air and it's going to be a nest for things to come and take cover from. In other words, that thing that you're doing that is a business, the goal should be that very soon other people will come and find shelter from here. That's why God sent you. There's an aspect of redemption that people will not see until they see what you're doing. So give it room to go. Give it room to go. Give it time. Give it room. It's not small like you think. Ah, uh, purity. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I, it's just a very small thing. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you know the things that have started like that, like joke, you stop underestimating the seed. If you know concepts that have started like that, like a joke, you stop underestimating what you can. Purely, this thing that I'm carrying, it, you know, I'm just doing it leisurely, just casually. That's why the new definition of excellence comes in. You realize that excellence is not just opulence. Excellence is not just, you know how to, you know, this is a form of excellence. You know, the nice decorations and the nice looks and all of that. It's a form of excellence. But it's not Bible definition of excellence. When scripture says Daniel had an excellent spirit, it was that Daniel knew how to bring solutions from the other world into the earth space. That people will have issues and challenges and Daniel will go, um, can you interpret the dream? Nobody else can interpret it. Okay, Daniel, can you? Alright, hold on, I'm going. And then he goes in and brings a template of what exists and brings it into the earth space. The Bible says he had an excellent spirit. The spirit of excellence manifests itself as people bring out solutions from God's realm into the earth space. That's actually true definition of excellence. Otherwise, you would do too much to you. <laughs> and nothing will happen. You know what people have, have done? Hey, this is good. You know what people have done with their businesses? They've had a form of excellence, nice branding, you know, nice, everything, call card on point, everything on point. But the thing is not solving any problem. It's not the answer to anything. They've just wrapped it with nice branding. There's a way, and I'm closing on this note, there's a way that a person will find Something that they, are what, that they are supposed to be doing. And they would arise. They would rise above the laws of branding. That's the reason why when Mark, the Uncle Mark, came in. He wasn't wearing suits, yet people were hailing him. 
He didn't need a tie for him to be relevant. He didn't need a tie. The same people who will say, dress the way you want to be addressed. Dress the way you want to be addressed. You have to look, you have to look the part. You have to look up points. And I, you know, I, I believe that. You know? When they saw Uncle Mark, they say, you see, that's what we're talking about. Very simple guy. Look at him. Very, very simple. Very simple. I mean, look at that. We tell our, our youths to be very simple. Look at how simple. No. The guy has produced something that has, that has risen above the laws of branding. Now he doesn't need to wear tie and wear suit. You know, <laughs> he doesn't need to get uh, up. When you show up, you have seen an institution. Yes, sir. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you show up, you have seen solution. Some people are doing this thing better than church folks. So. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, somebody went to space with the space travel that he created. So this last week here. Yeah. Last week. And he's planning to make it commercial. So that you now, one day, you buy tickets. Where are you going? Space. Me, I may never go. <laughs> my brother, my brother, look at me. I may never go. <laughs> Just in case. You go, to, you say, I'm going to space, my function. The thing doesn't come back. Me, I like my hair too. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we have, we have, we have, um, <laughs> we have, we have lost contacts with, with the, with the journey to space become journey to heaven. <laughs> I let it do. I'll go to the one I can see. Because go to even, even airplane. We are still having issues with it. I'm not going. <laughs> let those who can. But what I'm saying is that somebody has done it. I prayed for you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm serious. Though. Good things are coming out of you. Amen. That's what this service is for. That's what this service is for. So that you take up your responsibility. I'm a co-creator with God. I'm not ordinary. Some of you, do you know there are many people who have sat down in this place and they have really thought that there's nothing to their lives. Suicidal thoughts will end the moment you realize I'm a co-creator with God. God produces through me. He produces through me. I'm an extension of his productivity. I'm doing good works. Last week, I, I invested close to 18 hours on personal development. Because there is a mind that you have to have, you know, for these things, they are coming. There are many of you, you you are sitting on gold mines, you don't even know. It looks small. You ask somebody, what, 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 tell me about yourself, what are the qualities? Somebody says, I'm, 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 I'm a very, I'm a very committed person. You don't know that that's a gold mine. Okay, continue. Develop it. Build it. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Let me close on this one. Everything that God will commit into your hand, some of it will start like a joke. Huh. You despise it at your own peril. 
When Jesus came, who knew except that God said it, that he would be the savior of the world? Nobody. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, dumped in a manger. He was, he was there with the, the, the. That's where the savior of the world came from. Then he moved on from, from manger into the redemption that we have today. I'm speaking to some of you prophetically. Where you are right now is only a passageway. It's not a final bus stop. Oh boy, I feel the power of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where you are right now is just a passageway. It's not your bus stop. And some of you are saying, Oh Lord, how, like, how, how long, Lord? How long? It's a passageway. It's a passageway. Great things are coming out of you. For some of you, now I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus. Now for some of you, the things that God has put in your spirit, alright, will keep leading you and 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 you're productive and you're productive. And then before you know it, they say, ah, this person that started from the backside of Ajangbadi is now in the United Nations collecting an award. Here's the picture that I see. Here's the picture that I see. Where God is taking you doesn't look like where you're coming from. You understand what I'm saying? You see, a person started from Ajangbadi. Now he's in Europe before the United Nations. What brought you here? Seed. Copy and paste. God gave me seed that this world must see. And as I, as I was diligently doing my business, announcement began to come. Yes, sir. And then people are announcing, ah, have you no head? Have you no head? All I'm doing is just doing my, dil- my business diligently. What I'm telling you, that God sent me here to tell you, is that you're not ordinary. You have been believing a lie. You're not ordinary. Right now, as you're sitting down, do picture of yourself today and picture of yourself in the next five years. You know that before and after is as clear as day and night. It's as different as day and night what God has in store for you. It's time. Things are coming out of you. Products are coming out of you. Services are coming out of you. You understand? They're not just business ideas. No! They are seeds. Prototypes of what God wants to see happen in the world. It's time for you to begin to pray. I'm not ordinary. There's something to me. The parable of the sower. It's a parable of the one that brings out copies from heaven. There's something about you, something about your life. You're not just an ordinary businessman, you're an extension of the kingdom of God. That God will create through you 
that God would further the conversation through you. That genius is in you. And genius is coming out as business or enterprise, as career or otherwise. You pray this thing in, you pray it in. You pray it in. Prayer has a new definition. It's time to see. It's time to see what my father is doing that I must do on it. You say you can't pray. It means you're saying you can't see. Because prayer is seeing. Seeing and knowing. copies of, of that which God must do in that field where you are giving to you in redemption you will do it amongst them but you will not be part of them in a few moments I'm going to ask you to rise to your feet and we begin to pray if I rise to your feet now and we begin to pray. Two things before we, before we pray. Because I want you to pray fervently. How did Daniel operate in the ministry of magicians and did not lose his identity? That's what we're talking about here. How? Did you hear what I said about you being the only species that God gave the ability to create out of nothing? The same way He created. Image and likeness is that you have the same ability as Him. Do you see that? Now, you're no longer praying to impress people. Prayer is how you bring out copies from heaven that must exist on earth. Above the sun, under the sun, above the sun, there's nothing new under the sun. Why? Because it exists above the sun. And now somebody has the, the, the responsibility of pulling it down. And it's not just pulling it down per se. It's that as you realize that this is who you are the spirit of God begins to brood over your hearts to plant seeds there some of you will create solutions in the different spheres of life listen look up at me listen look up at me 
you're not going to do it from the place of survival let me tell you this finally you know the reason why Joseph right was it Joseph why he did not sleep with Potiphar was because there was a copy from heaven he was walking with template from heaven that he was following you people have seen the moral side of just of the story no it was that look I'm not going to allow my indiscretion to allow me to put something by the copies from heaven just in two weeks time now you hand over to me but if I did your bidding I will serve you forever just a few weeks time you're handing over power to me I will wait the copy says the original says I'm, I'm going to take over this thing in the next two weeks that's the other aspect of what I was trying to bring out that I'm bringing out now if you follow these originals from heaven some of you will not sign deals too quickly because maybe the original tells you that in a few moments you overcome you will, you will surpass this thing there are many people who will go into agreements that 15 years down the line they can't come out from because they, they rushed too early because they were being moved by, by need you know the need driven conversation Anita is that a person will say what is this morsel of bread give me take take let me say my bed right to you give me bread to eat and after eating bread the dream is gone are you ready to pray are you ready to pray as you pray right now there was something that Maureen said this morning and I, and I take that very prophetically that this says and, and, and I, I don't know if she even knew what I was going to teach but it was so prophetic that this service is going to leave imprints of heaven in the, in the people's hearts do you remember how many of you remember when she said she didn't know what I was about to teach Right now, I sense in my heart that it's time for that impression to begin to take place. You're going to pray. You're going to pray massively. You're going to pray. Because as you pray, some of you will see pictures. As you pray, there will be impressions in your heart. Some of you will go home and you will further see even more. Now, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And let those impressions begin to take place in your heart. Let that which needs to be sown begin to be planted in your hearts. This is not an ordinary service. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Blueprints Church and on Instagram at the Blueprints Church. Cheers.